1: You know, if someone is trying to write history the way they want history to be read, they're going to include stuff that supports whatever it is they're trying to write, and they're going to exclude stuff that brings any question. And the fact that Matthew recorded there were some who still doubted is a testimony that he is really trying to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth.
2: Isn't it refreshing when someone shares with you the unvarnished truth, regardless of whether it's flattering or not, it's the truth. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with the teaching of Pastor Layton Shealy. And we're taking a break for just a few days from our current series and jump into the book of Matthew and something we call the Great Commission. You know what that is, don't you? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Here's Pastor Layton.
1: I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, Gospel of Matthew chapter 28. And uh, the reason our church family places such a high priority and emphasis on evangelism and missions is because of what the Bible says. You see, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. That's why we want to know what it says and what it means and how it applies. Church of the Highlands is a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching church assisting people to know and love Christ Jesus through a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. The sentence describes who we are, what we do, how we do it, and why. Who we are? We are a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching church. What do we do? Assist people to know and love Christ Jesus. How do we do it and why? Through a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. Jesus gave us the great commandment in Matthew chapter 22 in response to a question. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And when Jesus said, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets, what he was saying is if you can get these two right, you've got the rest covered. Because the rest of the commandments are built on the foundation of these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. How do we love God? By being obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's how we express a love towards God. How do we love our neighbor? Uh, the Apostle Paul penned the greatest definition of biblical godly love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind, and so forth. And then Jesus gave us the great commission after his resurrection and before he went back to heaven where he ever intercedes on our behalf. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, if you were to ask people who attend churches across the nation what the main purpose of the church is, you probably get a variety of answers. Some would say, well, church is the place where Christians get together to fellowship. Others would say, well, church is the place where Christians get together to worship. Uh, Others might say, well, uh, church is the place where Christians get together to study God's word. If the primary purpose of the church was fellowship, then new believers would immediately go to heaven where the fellowship is perfect because sin is no longer an issue. And if the purpose of the church was worship, then new believers would immediately go to heaven where the worship is perfect. And if it was knowing God's word, then new believers be taken immediately to heaven where God's word is known and understood perfectly. But there is a reason why the church remains on earth. And that is its purpose, its God-given purpose. Jesus' reason for coming to earth was to seek and to save that which is lost. And he said, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And so his ministry is continued on in the church. The primary purpose of the church is to seek and to save those who are lost. Fellowship and worship and studying God's word are not the mission, but are rather preparation for the mission that we have been given. Now that is an introduction. Let's look at the Great Commission verse by verse, beginning at verse 16. We're in Matthew 28, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So the twelve have now become the eleven because Judas is no longer with them. And they are operating in obedience to a command Jesus gave through the women in verse 10. And so they go to Galilee to a specific mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Now we don't know which mountain that is because that part of the information hasn't been passed from generation to generation down through the history of the church. Now the fact that some doubted here have made some of the scholars over the century believe that even though only the 11 are referenced in this passage, it may have been more than just the 11 who were there. There may have been additional people. Or, in fact, this may have been the occasion when Jesus appeared to 500 all at one time. That's referenced by Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, fifteen six. Uh, you know, the 11 have already, according to the other Gospels, they've already seen Jesus... Uh, at least twice. Thomas, one of those two times. Peter, an additional time. Um, and yet it says here that they doubted. And that's why uh, some of the scholars wonder if it's a reference to the disciples or some other people who were with the disciples at that time. But you know, we can do the same thing today, can't we? I mean, we can, we can see something and we'll say something like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. I, you know, I just can't believe my eyes. Now we see it, but what, what that's saying is we're trying to process what it means. What is the significance of what we see? Now the word here that's translated doubted can also be translated hesitation. And so there's that kind of a meaning in the word as well. And, and so that if that was the case, then, then some might ask, well, why did they hesitate? And there's some good thoughts related to why they might hesitate. For one thing, they might not have immediately been assured that it really was Jesus who they were who they were looking at, and and there's reason for believing this. I mean, remember the two men on the road to Emmaus were were walking with Jesus, and they didn't recognize him. And another occasion, after Jesus uh, rose, uh, the, the the some of the disciples are out in the boat, and and, a, and a, they get instructions from the shore, and they follow the instructions, and then they figure out it's Jesus on the shore, but they didn't at first recognize him, and so they, it may have been that they they just weren't quite sure at first that it really was Jesus or they might have had some uncertainty about what is this conversation going i mean you know we 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 haven't exactly been faithful we weren't there when jesus really needed us is this not going to be a comfortable conversation or perhaps you know uh, you can you can understand how they would we'd be uh, confused about how to behave in the presence of someone who was dead and rose from the dead supernaturally and, and so we're left with some uncertainty of exactly what Matthew was meaning by, when he said this because of the conciseness of his account. But the fact that Matthew recorded there were some who still doubted after all that had transpired is a testimony of the integrity of the Scripture. And let me explain it thus. You know, if someone is trying to write history the way they want history to be read, They're going to include stuff that supports whatever it is they're trying to write, and they're going to exclude stuff that brings any question. And the fact that uh, Matthew, the author here, uh, includes this is a testimony that he is really trying to tell the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And as though to alleviate any doubt they might have, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, this is a very clear reference to uh, the Son of Man that is introduced by Daniel in Daniel chapter 7. It reads, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Daniel chapter 7. So Jesus made the statement, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. He was declaring ultimate victory. Now the word there, authority, is exousia, and it refers to the, to the freedom or right to speak and act as one pleases. And in the case of God, he can do whatever he wants. And then Jesus describes the, uh, the, his reign, and that is in heaven and and on earth. Now we might have expected that this kind of a disclosure would lead in some way to him describing how he is going to exercise his authority. But instead, he go, he goes on to give the implications for us who are his disciples. Because of who he is and the authority that he has, he has commissioned us to go in his authority. Now This go contrasts with his earlier command not to go. That commands in Matthew chapter 10 when he said, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. This is a contrast. What he's saying now is, I'm changing your orders. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now it's important for us to understand that go, baptizing, and teaching are participles that point to the main verb, which is make disciples of. In other words, the main command here is for us to make disciples. And going, and baptizing, and teaching are ways of fulfilling that commandment says, go and make disciples. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. John 8, 31. In other words, what he was saying is, if my word lives in you, you are truly my disciples. A disciple is both a learner and a follower. We learn from Christ and we follow him. A disciple of Christ is one for whom Christ died and rose again. Christ is completely and fully committed to His disciples, and His disciples should be fully and completely committed to Him. Scripture knows nothing of receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and not as Lord.
2: Something we call foundational teaching on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. And uh, we'll continue on Monday with more from this particular message. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. They have multiple services across the weekend starting on Saturday evening, going through uh, Sunday morning, and then again on Sunday evening. Information about those specifics can be found on that website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, so glad to be with you Monday through Friday with this outreach, a nonprofit outreach from the congregation at Church of the Highlands. They would appreciate knowing that you listen and also having you as a financial partner. You can do that easily when you go to the website for this broadcast ministry, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Have a great weekend and uh, join us on Monday when we'll come back at this same time and open the Word of God to the book of Matthew and study verse by verse.